here with Adrianosaurus, the coach of Living Tavita Loca. And here we are. We're at the uh, completion of the, the last buy round of the year, round 17. How exciting. It was a round where I think um, a lot of our hopes were sort of dashed, I guess, at a point in the um, in the piece when we saw numbers drop out like Tohu and Curran and Schuster and stuff. But, um, you know, we'll start off. I'll, I'll concentrate on, on uh, what I did last week. So, um, you know, last week when it all washed up, um, you know, I finished with a 14.72. It got me right up to close with the... Uh, the top 1,000, I was in 1,009th. Um, now this week, I went into the buyer round with seven players, if you can believe it, seven players. Now look, um, I did lose players, um, you know, I, I lost Schuster because he got extended a week. I lost Tohu, I lost Simonson. Um, so I would have gone in with 10. Um, the only trade I made this week was actually Tupu, who I brought in. Um, and he, you know, he jagged a bit of an average score for the week. He didn't get any ball out there, and it was all in base, really. Um, what did he finish on? Um, yeah, well, he, he, he finished on a reasonable score in the 50, I think, somewhere around there. And, you know, it was a, it was a fair trade. I was hoping for a ton from him, but, you know, when in that game, the Roosters barely got it done against, um, you know, the Bulldogs, and, and as a result, he, he didn't get over for a pie or anything. The ball sort of didn't get past Hutchinson and, and um, old mate there in the in the centres. So all in base, I think that the trade was all right. And he was somebody that I sort of thought to run home for the rest of the year. And Hutchinson's not going to be in the in the halves for long, I guarantee you that, because he's, he's woeful. Um, now, second trade, was I going to use a second trade? The only people that I sort of wanted... Um, if I was going to use a second trade, um, was Nick Arima, who finished on 17. Um, Joey Manu as a short-term play. Now, he finished on 72, and I'll admit that is a good score in a buy-around. Um, the reason why um, I didn't get him is because, you know, I can only really see two games, maybe th late in the year, third max, that he's not going to be in the centres. And in the centres, he's just not even worth it, as far as I'm concerned. And look... Uh, on the price that we value a trade on, I don't think 72 was a score that was worthy of a trade. And the other one that I was contemplating was was Ramian, who he finished on 36. So, you know, to be quite honest, I went in and held a trade this week. I ran with seven. Um, and I, you know, because I value my trades, I, I'm very happy to have held that trade. Um, and, you know, it's six now going into the run home. And I'm happy with that. I think... You know, when it comes to a certain time in the year, I'm going to be very glad that I held, um, you know, held that trade now because, you know, you've got to put a price on a trade now. And I feel like this year, you even look at this week, you know, I could have gone in with 10 and, and three just dropped like flies. You know, these trades are going to come in super, super handy later on in the year. Um, all right, now that probably leads to the score for the week. Um, obviously, going in with seven, I wasn't going to be like kicking enormous goals. <laughs> but I'm quite happy with my score. I've got a 647. Um, last couple of games I've still got to update, I know. Um, so, you know, seven players, 647. You know, it's a good average per player. I didn't get any real terrible, terrible scores. Um, I think the scoring for this round is probably a little underwhelming. We didn't see huge, huge tons. Um, we did see, you know, some in the Souths game, which obviously saved a lot of people who sort of captained or VC'd correctly. Um, but look, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with 647 because I chose to save the trade. I could have gone to Joey Manu for what it, you know, if it, for example, and I would have finished on a, you know, a 720-odd. 
Um, but, you know, 647 is going to be below par. I think that par this week is going to be probably 750 to 800, I think, is going to be par. So I'm going to probably be 100 to 150 below. But uh, it's just one of those ones where I had some adversity, you know, to deal with, with some players down like a lot of you all out there had. Um, and I just wasn't willing to make a trade and waste a trade because they're not players that I actually wanted um, in my team. So, look, I might see some red arrows, but to me, I think hopefully the, the red arrows that I see this week um, are going to be green arrows at the end of the game where it's most important. So, um, 647 is going to be below par. I think it's 150 below par. Ranks, oh, I couldn't even guess, really. Um, what what ranks I'm going to go down this week? I just hope the damage is minimal. I'm winning five out of ten of my round uh, leagues this week, so you know I think the the drop hopefully is not enormous. Um, and you know we'll we'll just have to wait and see. I don't think I've got much to update at all. But um, all right, into the Turbos Hammies Cup. The buy round is always a tricky old one in the Turbos Hammies Cup because I mean you might be pe- uh, up against people that. Um, don't well, they might be head-to-head players. I don't think many in the Turbo Sanders Cup are. We're all sort of playing overall, um, but going in with you know completely different outlooks on what they're planning to do for this week. You know, um, I was up against Sabs from the SC Experience. Um, he actually went in with eight players, so he had an advantage over me with an extra player. Um, and Aiden has gone and given it to Sabs. I mean. I tell you what, looking at Savs, how he played this week, he had the VC on Garrick, and to me, if you were going to put the VC on Garrick, you had to put the C on Cody Walker, um, or if you had the VC on Cody Walker, you could have put it on his eventual captain, which was Sean Johnson, or you could have put it on Tupu, or you know one of the people from the later games, but you had to have some sort of combination of um, a Cody Walker in there, um, and you know he paid the pe- penalty for that. Um, he... Uh, I've got the old 649, and he is sitting on 500. So I've got him by 150 points. It's a real terrible round for Sabs. I think he'll probably, you know, knowing him and how he's a great player, I think he probably got a little bit too cute there going the old um, Sean Johnson. He was probably expected to have a big game, to be quite honest. Um I just, I really just think that there had to be a combination of Cody Walker in there. Um, so look, it's going to come down to Tim Moody from the SC Experience because I've given a sausage to Jake and to Mikey and now to Savs. Come on, SC Experience, send in Timmy, the big boy, who's right up the top. They're going to need somebody in there to beat Ado because NRL Supercoach by Adrianosaurus is up 3-0 on the old SC Experience guys. Yay! I'm so happy. But um. I should be moving up the ladder, and it's um, just one of those things, you know. If SJ came off and got 100, 120, you know, um, Sav's might have a chance in there. But he got a 17 out of Nicarima, a 38 out of Ramian, and they, they look like great buys, you know. So just one of those things, you just have your luck, and it wasn't around where everyone's sort of, you know, outside of that South games, it wasn't any huge, huge, great, magnificent scores. So just one for the books, I think, and you can never really count a, a buy round, I don't think, as a... It's not the same as a full full week, <laughs> not to me anyway, because it's just like, well, I'm going to do what i got to do in this round um, to hopefully not see huge red arrows, and that's my only goal in that. Um, all right, the scores for the week, the good scores, um, you know, I'm going to go over for people uh, in the buy round. Um, Tapau, I brought in Tapau a few weeks ago. I, I liked his upside, but I like that his meat and potato scores is 50. He got a 60 which I think is good. Four and a lot of people have brought in for 62. I mean, that's a pretty good score in a buy around. 
Um, Tony Milne, he, he's kind of like the dual cheapie that we wanted. And somebody in one of the chats there said he, he's the cheapie that we wanted when we were getting Burbo. And, and, and you know, he's got a 60 in there and he's got some low ones, but that 120, you know, uh, 131 this week in a buy round is like worth its weight in gold. Uh, Alex Johnson, again, he uh, Johnston, he went over for tries, a 130, amazing score. Um, Cody got a 130 as well. He was my VC who I looped. Um, Lolo got an 87. Um, there was a lot of talk about is Lolo back and his minutes are up and he, he looks like he, he, he might be back. He looked a lot more damaging. He had that one big, huge damaging run in that game. Um, and, you know, for a fifth, sixth, um, you know, second row forward or a fifth, I think he's a fair option. And in the buy round, you know, where you've got a 60 from to power is if you're not going to be happy with a, a, an 87 from uh, Lolo. Now, uh, and who else do we have? Um, Non-owned owned people who you, no one's going to have in their team. Probably the next best couple of scores from the round. Actually, it was um, Williams from the Raiders. Got over for a couple of pies. Got a 104. Actually, some people would have Walsh. He does 75 today. In the buy round, you can't complain about a 75. RTS, some people might have... Jagged an RTS, even though he's on the wing. I don't know if you'd want to do that. But um, an 83 is also a good score um, for RTS. Um, the OK scores this week, and people would have been gutted with Gary coming. He tunned up in the last time he played in fullback. And and the Raiders got the job done against the Sea Eagles on Thursday night, which was making me very happy being a Raiders fan. Um, but 51 probably let, dashed a few people's um, VC hopes. Uh, CHM with a 44, I mean, he's quite underwhelming. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to play him moving forward because it's 40s and 50s mostly, and, and if I can get, you know, my big boys in the second row and just fill it up, I think your your reserves are going to come from center wing sort of um, halves, you know, and, you know, you, you, I don't know how confident I am. Maybe in super, super soft matchups, CHM, but 44 is only an okay score. Uh, Lawton, a lot of people had him because he was a cheap price and they've been riding him as long as they can. 46 is an average score. SJ got a 51. Wasn't the big ton that we were hoping for. And, you know, he could have played... If he was in all white today, SJ, he wouldn't have even had dirt on him. He would have been white at the end of the game. Still looking white as, as, a, as a sheet of paper because all he does is dish off passes and kick. He doesn't run anymore. And I don't know, maybe he sewed up the contract to go back to the Warriors next year and so he just doesn't want to... You know, he has had issues with his body. Um, but, mate, today it was very uninspiring play from him, i tell you that much. I mean, the kicking game was solid, and, you know, the part, dish-off passing was fine, but it's not, it wasn't X-Factor-type play from, from SJ at all. Uh, Adam Fenor Blake, he got a 57, not a bad score. Lodge, uh, 47, you know, it's only okay. Um, now, here's some of the shit scores for people in the buy round. Uh, Saab, we knew, no no turbo, <laughs> and Saab is... He's, it's it's dog shit, and he got a twelve. So, you know, I mean, you would have played him, and you you know, you, you, but there was a lot of people that brought him in. Now I know that he's going to still make. He was an option when Turbo's in the team, but for the run home, and he makes some money. But in this um, buy, he didn't. He got exactly what I expected him to get. Uh, a lot of people had Ryan James just because they couldn't get rid of him, and were hoping for probably a few more minutes from him. But he only got sixteen, which is shit. Uh, Campbell Graham, he, oh, mate, is that his lowest score of the year? Because he looked everything the premium buy. He looked like a great option. He's, he's had, like, double tons in recent times. Um, and just, you know, even though Souths were dynamic, they're just, 
you know, there wasn't anything for him tries-wise in that game. It was probably a letdown for people because he was a super target, I think, and, and I've even spruced him here on the, um, you know, on the on the chat, and I think he's pulled out nearly one of his lowest scores of the year in 33. Ramian with a 36, it's okay, but it's bad. I mean, you know, like, if you had, uh, you, you, you could have just done a, a Manu or, you know, well, I don't know. I mean, 36, that's one of his lowest scores, you know, because he's sort of a basing around 50, you know. So, yeah, it'll be a letdown for people in you know, the last game of the round. You're sort of hoping to make up ground and you have Ramian and Nikarima, for instance. You get 36 out of Ramian and 17, you know, out of Nikarima. It's a real kick in the nads, really, and, un- and unfortunate. But they were the ones that were sort of, um, you know, the letdowns, I think, for the for the week. So, yeah, so that's where it is. Um, updates, I don't think there's going to be huge swings in updates, to be quite honest. And I, I think, the, yeah, the par is going to be about 750 to 800, I think. And um, there's, there's always movement in a, in a buy around, whether it's green arrows or red arrows. You'll move somewhere. Um, and I think I'm going to be heading down, which I sort of anticipated going in with sevens. Sevens is really low. I'm um, looking to get a guest on tonight, chat about a few things with them. Um, in the buy round, I thought it was a good opportunity to reflect on some of your successes and failures of the year because we're heading into the home stretch and maybe you can learn some things from those, you know, the wins and, and fails because you, you can almost reset and be like, yeah, the things that I was doing great at the start of the year, I, I've stopped doing now. You know, maybe you can reset you um, and um, get you back on, on track. Um, anyway, my story this week uh, is going to be titled Sex, Violence and Eight Ball. <laughs> I enjoy making the titles for my little stories, but this is Sex, Violence and 8-Ball. I think it's important that I probably share a little bit of uh, you know, a bit of an intro to this story because there is actually violence in it, and I thought it's it's reasonable to go and give my view on violence so that it doesn't seem like I'm glorifying the violence in my stories. I'm a Delaney. It's a, I come from a very big Irish family. There's 10 kids in my family, 11 actually, one passed away, but... Um, we're a huge Irish family, and I tell you what, we used to we used to scrap growing up. We I have four older brothers, and we were absolutely vicious on each other. It was actually more like them vicious on me, but we all did fight like cats and dogs. We all did uh, boxing and martial arts, and we all fought. And you know, in actual fact, I had a fair bit of aptitude for fighting um, when I was younger. Um, I think mainly the reason is because I was sort of fight fit in a way, fighting. Um, much older opponents being my brothers and you know I just had a, a, a great fitness to fight against people bigger than me and, uh, and to truth be told I was, I'm actually quite ambidextrous so I had a really good I'm a right-hander but I had a really good left jab a very powerful left jab and so technically I was actually really sound at fighting um, and you know I, I'm pretty successful in, in a younger age but one thing that I did lack when it came to being a fighter was I didn't have the spirit of, of a fighter. I didn't have the killer instinct. Now, anybody who's done fighting before, particularly boxing, knows that you've got to have the fighting spirit. You know, you've got to have the um, the killer instinct to want to, you know, t- uh, take down an opponent. And I never really actually even had that. I, I would help people in fights and I would always feel immediately terrible at the end of it. Like, I'd feel really bad for hurting them. And I mean, even if I've been in a fight at a pub with someone who's gone me, you know, and I, I've fought with them, I feel bad about that too. And I, I think 
The long and short of it is that Aido is, is, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, even though I can fight and I have fought and, and that'll, that'll be applicable to the story. Um, but I don't enjoy it. And, and I, if, um, you know, if, if, if I can walk away, I would. So my general overview about violence is that I'm against you being violent to your fellow man, unless one, you're protecting yourself or your loved ones, um, or two, you know, for sport. You know, and if you're in a, you know, I, I like combat sports and I've done a, a lot of combat sports over the years. I just didn't enjoy, you know, the hurting people part. So, um, so that's my view on violence, only if it's absolutely necessary. So anyway, the sex violence and eight ball. Uh, my older brothers and I used to go to this pub and used to have an eight ball tournament on, you know, weekly. Um, you go and winner stays on and you, you know, you get to the final as surprise money and, and blah, blah, blah. But, um... It was a good bit of fun. You used to get on the turps and you used to play some pools, some eight ball. And um, anyway, one time we were out uh, at this comp, my older brothers and I, we all go in the tournament and sometimes we'd even play each other in the final, you know. And I I was like five games in this particular night um, winning, and, you know, and I was progressing well in the, in, in the tournament. Uh, anyway, I'm playing this opponent and I've, I've sort of get, getting towards the end of that game and a guy comes over, he's walked over with his girlfriend and he puts a coin on, on our table and he's like, oh, I'm on, I'm on next. And uh, I've just looked and been like, oh, mate, these aren't like regulation um, tables. We're in the middle of a tournament. You know, I think they've got some tables open over there. He's like, no, no, I've got my coin down. Uh, and I'm like, no, no, I know, I know how pool, pool table works, mate. Oh, and you... This is a tournament table where once it, I, I finish this game, whoever wins out of us, another person from the tournament comes over. And he, he, he obviously just a fucking dummy. He couldn't get the hang of what I was saying. And so he's like getting closer and closer to it, to me. And he's like, no, I'm on next. That's my coin. There's no other coins there. And I'm like, yeah, because that's a, your coin is no good, mate. You have to fuck off with your coin. It's a tournament. Tournament. I was starting to get a bit annoyed. But anyway... He, he, because we obviously, I mean, I'm not the best communicator in the world, but I, I think I was pretty clear with him, but I see him like lurch his head back, like he's going to go the old Glasgow kiss on Ado. And I saw the signs as he lurched his head back. So all I did was I just tilted my head forward. You know, I, you got to lead with your, that good bit of your head if you're going to go into head contact. And so anyway, old mate's just gone straight for this freaking headbutt and he's... He's, he's knocked himself out. He I, he's hit, he headbutt me and knocked himself out cold. <laughs> and I mean, his girlfriend's just standing there, like looking at what he did. I, I don't know if it was a surprise to her or whether she was shocked that he knocked himself out. I mean, I do have a pretty hard head. But anyway, he's gone for the big headbutt. I've tilted my head. He's knocked himself out. He was probably dazed, I reckon, for maybe three or four seconds. And he sort of stumbles back to his feet. And then by that time, the bouncers have all spotted what's going on and they you know everyone's like vouching for me that he went for me and so he, he gets thrown out uh, but the girls he, he got thrown out and the girl stays there you know in, at the at the bar you know and um anyway about 20 minutes pass and i've won a couple more games on the pool table and i, I go to um you know break in, in, a, in the start of a new game and i realize that i'm not chalked so i look up to you know, to, to go and chalk up. And I can see, like, I don't know, five metres away from me, the same bloke that I've just, that he's tried to headbutt me, charging back towards me, glass in hand. He's going for a glassing. And, 
If I hadn't gone for that chalk, I would have missed him. The little fucking aggro. He's obviously a sore, uh, poor, poor loser. Went in for the big headbutt and got knocked himself out. But anyway, so I see him coming for me. So I've just put one right on me, right in between the eye and then the nose, right on the cheekbone. Boom! Just one, one big right. Um, probably just a jab and a half, maybe. He's gone down again. <laughs> so he's, he's none from two in his attempts. Um, this loser, and, and the second time his girlfriend was sort of in the vicinity to see what had happened, but um, he's down a second time. This time the bouncers threw him out rough, so none for two for your champ on the uh, on the eight ball. But anyway, um, long long story short, he, he's gone after that. He didn't come back in, and he's had two whacks and, and knocked himself out twice. Um, but the girlfriend, I, I got knocked out, you know, in the quarterfinals or whatever on this eight ball, and you know, I got to talking with the girl. Um, she was a nice enough girl. I mean, it's, oh, you wonder sometimes if they're with like a fucking idiot like that guy. But um, anyway, so we were talking, and um, she sort of, you know, we, we she bought me a drink to apologize for his actions and stuff, and we got to chatting. Um, and she sort of said, you know, um, do you want to come back you know, to my my house? You know? Wink, wink. And I was like, well, what about your boyfriend? She's like, no, he's gone. Totally gone, skis. You know, you, you're you good to go, champ. So anyway, I was like, oh, all right, well, I'll go back. And I, you know, what a night. I've, I've been attacked twice. And it's like my payoff is a, is a session. I'll take it. So anyway, um, we go back to her house. And she's like jiggling at the door, um, you know, to go into her house for, for us to have a session. And as she's jiggling at the keys, what, what happens? He opens the door. He's gone home after he's got he got his second whack, <laughs> and um, she's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Well, what do you expect me to do?" And she's like, "Get out!" And he's like, "What?" And, and he, he sees me there, and he's just like, "I'm I think he's going to arc up again." But I tell you what, it wasn't going to be a third time a charm because she was furious at him, and she like basically grabbed him and you reap. She she could have beat him up too, by the how angry she was. But she like reefs him out. And she's like, "Go, you know, fuck off!" And out you go. And um, anyway, he's like, well, what are you, where am I supposed to go? And she's like, I don't care. Sit on the front fucking balcony. And then I just, and she's like, come on, in you come. <laughs> so I, I went in the house with her and, and when, as I'm sort of walking past, you know, to the side of my eye, I can see that he's, you know, sitting on the, on the front patio, you know, like, and I go inside and anyway, I, I was in her house for like, I don't know, an hour and a half. We, we, we had a three sessions. <laughs> You know, in her house. And um, the whole time, this bloke stayed out the front. Because when I left, he was still out there. So, I mean, if, <laughs> if, you're, if you're old, mate, you're dead set. You've, got, you've gone for a, a big fucking headbutt, knocked yourself out. You've gone to glass someone, got knocked out. And you had to sit on the front balcony of your house while someone absolutely rogered your missus. <laughs> and then left. Uh, so there you go. It was sex, violence, and eight balls. <laughs> and it was just a note. Like, I ended up going home just like, what the hell, mate? They've got the worst relationship in the world. And I, it was one of those nights. You're like, that's one for the, uh, that's one for the books, that one. And, um, you know, anyway, that's it. Now, hopefully the next time you uh, hear anyone, it's going to be my guest. And we'll chat uh, successes and, and failures of the year. Alright, so welcome to the show, my wonderful guest on tonight's show in the all-important buy-around, Maxie Evans. How are you, mate? 
Oh, I'm good, Adrian. It's good to be back, you know, good to be back chatting to you. It's, uh, it's been a, a, one of my things that I've been interested in getting on is your podcast because I listen religiously on Sundays. Um, and, uh, you know, it's good to be here, big bar out. Mm. I don't, in some respects, I, I don't know why I'm on here because well, my ranking is terrible this year, <laughs> but it's always good to have a yarn about Supercoach with uh, with my good friend Adrian. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I wanted to have you on because actually it's one of the first people to compliment me on my podcast was was obviously you, and we, we know each other from the Supercoach experience. That's where we first mm-hmm. met, um, you know, doing that show, um, and I've sort of branched out to do – I'm sort of like a mix of – uh, NRL, a bit of tinfoil hat, a bit of super coach, <laughs> and a bit of Joe Rogan experience. You know, I'm like, <laughs> if I tell a story or two. Tonight, my story was actually sex, uh, violence, and eight ball. It's a, it's an interesting story about, oh. yeah, about um, sex, violence, and, and eight ball. So you might enjoy that one when you listen back. Oh uh, well, your stories are always classics, Adrian. So uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a shortage of them going around. Yeah, well, actually, I, saw, I talked to the missus, and she's like, well, you can't use all your good ones. Like, eventually, people are going to be like, that story was shit, mate, like when you went and bought thongs from Coles or, or Kmart. And I'm like, yeah, I've got – if you actually sit down and think about it, lots of interesting things have happened, but especially if you're not, you know, like a anxious wallflower. You know, I, I go I go large. I've always gone large. So <laughs> lots of things have happened to me. <laughs> oh, it's always good, mate. It's always good. Keep them going. All right, so the big uh, round 17 buy around. I'll just tell you how I've gone. Um, I went in with seven this week. Um, now, I'm sitting in 1,009th overall, which I think is pretty good. Um, but I, I lost um, the, the bad news on Schuster that he was going to be an extra week. Um, that really, because you know, I was holding him for so long, but that was a disappointment. Obviously, I bought in Tohu last week, getting ready for the buy, and I lost Simonson late. So I, I just, you know, I lost three people. I would have had ten. Um, and you know, I, I just didn't want to use two trades this week because I think trades are really important. So I finished on 647 pre the final updates, which is nearly, it's nearing up a hundred a player, which I think is pretty good. I think par this week will be about maybe 750 or 800, you know, like that sort of area. Mm, yeah. I actually think it might be a bit lower. I mean, it's difficult because, because most of the people we speak to in our groups have, eight to 14 players so but the reality is the majority of people probably don't have um that that level of uh, numbers so and people did have you know a lot of people have had Suwali like me who went you know obviously he's not playing anymore um so and people had Simonson like you did so I I think we we believe that the par is going to be higher than it is um and and 647 isn't isn't necessarily that that below. Yeah, I mean, I could have used the second trade, and, and the people that I was going to bring in, I was going to bring in Nick Arima, scored 17, so that I dodged yeah. a bullet there. I was going to do a little short-term play on Joey Manu. He got a 74 or 72, and he, I think he might get another game at fullback next week. So that was one that I could have maybe gone, or, or I was going to go in, um, Ramian, who got 36. So, you know, mm. I think I just valued the trade, and um, I think at the end of the year when others, it might cost me 100 spots this week, Maybe in the long run, you know, I might gain 500 or more because wherever people can't trade, I can. Yeah. And how many trades do you have left? I've got six left now. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I've really purchase-wise, I've got IPAP and David Fafida. And um, the other person I have interest in is is probably Paps uh, mm. and maybe a Harry Grant. So I'd hold four up my sleeve, you know, for emergencies. Yeah, and I don't, I don't you know... People want to get Harry Grant in, but this injury history, 
you know, he might not be a trade-in. And same as Pups, like if you've got Teddy and Turbo, you know, you can run comfortably with them. And, yeah, it's ideal to have Pups when he comes back. But there's two things with that. Is he going to average necessarily that much more than the new Turbo, Teddy from Turbos? But also, he's got a concussion history. If he gets one more, he's gone for the year. So, especially when you have low trades, mm. um, it's not play you really want you only want to have maybe one of them i've got matter who's like that if he gets concussed again he's going to be gone for the year um but but you know sitting where you are and the good thing about you is you're set up with ipads in the theater um whereas i'm not and i've got five trades left and and of course i have to get those two in so yeah it's gonna be an issue for me i think that you know that's a good point actually i think it's a watch on paps because i mean look he's probably coming back off the bench next week he's got to be 200 so you can get a look at him and see um, you know, how he looks or what the, the role is going to be. I mean, I've, I've held Hines all this time. Um, and mm. until I see his um, role sort of digress, I'm going to just keep Hines and I'll flip it. If there's ever a point where that tilts and, and Paps is looking good and he takes back the full-time spot, I'll just flip Hines to, to Paps. Mm. Yes, easy, yeah, easy. And, um, so you, how have you scored for this week? Well, I had seven going in, um, and I was going to make any trades, but, um, you know, I started seeing the games coming up, and that's the problem is, you know, when I'm watching a game, I know I can sit down and watch the whole thing. Um, I kind of want to bring in players who are in that game. So um, the good thing is I'm a, I'm a big man fan, um, and I, I rate um, Hamuli Olukawati quite quite a lot. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just a fantastic player. You know, Manly's run home is, is absolutely excellent, and he's just a player who, yes, he relies on those tries, but in a Manly side with Turbo in it, um, he, he, he's going to score a lot of them, is, is my view. So I brought him in. Um, which was, I played a bit overs. I was supposed to bring him in last week. Um, so I brought him in this week, so he helped me out. Got yeah, he got yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and look, we, we didn't manage to play a terrible game. Yeah, he got that try, but um, yeah. his base has been steeping up. So I, th- I think he's kind of a player you can play in good matchups. He's a massive point of difference. So I brought him yeah. in, and um, I also brought in the, um, the, the South hooker. I nuffed out hooker position yeah. um, just so I can get some money for... Um, because for, for Papali um, and for Fia next week. So I ended up on 740, which is yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sitting in a great rank, um, but being in the 7,000 where I am, um, I reckon that's going to get me you know, a good move and yeah. Uh, yeah. obviously set up to buy the good players next week. And who did you captain this week? I mean, I VC'd Cody Walker and just looped. I VC Garrick and Captain Cody Walker, so yeah. and that was that was a good thing. I was going to go AJ or Cody Walker, yeah. Um, and uh, and luckily, you know, went Cody and uh, I didn't have to rely on, um, you know, you know, waiting for the other games to see how my captain would go um, oh. in terms of this oh. week. On that subject, oh, first, actually, I'll cover. Did you enjoy that game? I'm a Raiders supporter, and you're a Manly supporter. <laughs> Huge upset, the old Raiders. <laughs> yeah. I was just so happy. Uh, well, we we, we need too, because you know you have you know obviously you're a Raiders fan. Obviously, I want the Raiders to get better because it's been annoying listening to me to this podcast and seeing another Raiders loss, another Raiders loss. Oh. It's just like, come on, let's just help out you out and get a, yeah. get a win. And then, yeah. of course, you know, um, you know Tim's brother Sam and Sam scored a double, so it's like I'm, I'm cheering, but I'm my Manly side's losing. So look, uh. it was it was a fine game. It's good to see Raiders get back into it, and yeah. I think for Manly, it's the kick that they need to. To really, you know, get, get involved for the finals. Yeah, and I mean, look, we do. I mean, everyone's like, oh, you can't win without Tommy. It's like, well, it's the best player in the game. Do you think that mm. the team's not going to... And actually, it's probably their best two players, if we're being yeah. honest. 
I mean, yeah, DCE carries our side without Tommy in it, and that's why we were able to win that game without Tommy. Is we're fine because you know in some of the games DCE just um, manages really well, but when you have got Walker um, in four, and it, it just it just didn't work. And I don't know why Cust wasn't in there. Yeah, same. It, it, there was there was a lot there was a lot of stuff going on, but um, but I'll but, take it. But, I'll hey, take it. And we're back up into eleventh Raiders. I don't know if it's a. Or, I mean, we could just be terrible again next week. But it looks like they're going to be moving. 12 teams up to Queensland. So uh, famously, my girlfriend bought me for my birthday, which is in March. The Raiders were playing um, the Titans at the Gold Coast. So she bought like swanky hotel and like gourmet, you know, expensive restaurants. And then because of COVID, we we, yeah, we got locked down and, and the game got moved. So um, it, I might be able to get some Raiders games if they're all up here in Queensland because we got crowds. We can go. Yes, you like Magic Round every week. Hopefully. Yeah, it'd be good. Well, anyway, Magic Round is a real dangerous prospect. I'll tell, <laughs> tell you that much. But anyway, all no, right, sorry, so, <laughs> so um, I get off topic. But actually, oh, it, it actually um, in the Turbo Sammy's Cup, I had Sabs this week, um, and he only scored a five hundred, and I was absolutely shocked because yeah, he, who did he captain? He captained um, Sean Johnson. 52. Now, I was surprised because I just thought any, whether it's a VC or a C, Cody Walker's got to be one of the combo, you know, and I was, mm. he, he did the, the VC on Garrick, so I was just surprised that he didn't, he must have anti-potted um, Cody Walker and, you know, there's there's 100 points, you know, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you make moves like that and they pay off for you, um, but sometimes they don't. I mean... It's hard when you're looking at the South Stampton to, to kind of go against anyone there. I think the pod captain would have been AJ, mm. and that's what I was going to do. I was going to anti-pod Cody Walker by going AJ, and that's – but SJ, I mean, Subs is known for, for, for the big bollocks picks and, oh, yeah. um, and didn't pay off for him this I week. It, but, uh, I said at the top of the show, if he was wearing just all white, like white Terry Taylor, he wouldn't even got one bit of mud on it today. All he did was <laughs> dish off passes and kick, and he kicked fabulously well, I'll admit. Lots of forced dropouts and things. You know, he, he did have a real organising game, but he didn't run the ball, and he doesn't he didn't do anything dynamic, and it was unfortunate, really. Um Anyway, in, in Turbo Sammy's Cup, you've joined the group now and you'll be a part of the Turbo Sammy's Cup next next year. Fantastic. Looking very much forward to it. I'm yeah. looking forward to being the, the wooden spoon next year. So, you know, always happy to sacrifice this tribute. Well, I'll tell you what. I've played against um, Jake. I gave him a hammering from the, the SC experience. I hammered uh, Mikey. And I've hammered Sals this week. So it's going to be Tim. Tim's going to have to come in now and beat me. Otherwise, I've dominated the whole lot of you. you know? You've done a clean sweep, man. Yeah, I've done a clean sweep. So, and I beat all of the um, NRL, uh, NRL SC All-Stars too. I beat Billy and um, Barnsley. So, yeah, you've won like six on the trot. I have you? won six on the trot. So, so I'm right. out, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've timed it like how, I time, how you should time a season. I've tried to come home with a wet sail rather than start – Super strong. I think that when we talk about the things that have been successes of the year, I think that I've played a super coach year like I've never played before when it comes to discipline. I'm not a disciplined. I mean, I'm a very organized person in by nature, in real nature, but the way I play super coach is like a wild man, you know. So mm-hmm. um, we'll get to that when we go over the things anyway. So what do you, how do you want to do our five successes of the year? Do you want me to just go through all five of mine first and then we can talk about that and, and then we'll go and talk about your five successes? I gave you some homework before the, the podcast. I, I never do structure, but I thought... You know, I'll give you so at least you get time to think about it. You know, 
Yeah, you go ahead with your fire, and then I'm sure that we'll have some interlaps there, so we'll go from it from there. Yeah, beautiful. All right. So my five successes of the year, um, the number one thing I think that has probably got me right on the cusp of the top 1,000 here and, and a chance of coming home, you know, finishing well inside the top 1,000, I think is I've had really good success this year with VC and Cs. Um, I think it's, you know, there's been a couple of defining things this year. One which we'll cover later on, I think, is you know, stacking the center wing has never been a thing, you know, but I think there's been a couple of different things this year and with the sheer enormous scores like the turbos and, you know, the clearies this year, I've managed to land on two great turbo scores, two great cleary scores, you know, so with the real big monster scores um, and that can be like 200 points gained on, on the rest, you know, so I think that's been my greatest success of this year. I've never been a good VC and, ca- and captain and I've got nailed a few of them this year, which has definitely helped. Yeah. Um, my number two thing that I've had a success with this year is that I did stack my center wing early, um, which seems to be this thing. This, because we, we have a new ceiling in players, I kind of, you know, where other people were like, oh, I've got a real crummy center wing. Uh, the worst center wing I had was Olam, you know? Like I had Toho early, um, you know, and I, I brought in Garrick nice and early. I went. I jumped on Hines early, so you know that I sort of had a tall Hines, you know, and and um, Eric, and then you know I pick a fourth being who did I get? That Olam, you know. So I, I stacked my center wings early, and I didn't have any Simmonson, even though I've made a mistake playing Simmonson sometimes this year because I'm a rate that's in my bad stuff. But this year I stacked the center wing real quickly and, you know, I'm sort of in a position now where my fifth center wing is like Alex Johnston, you know, once we get back to season regular. So I think that's been a quicker that people realize that this year, like don't reserve second row forward or hooker. Hooker's a wasteland this year, but put your reserves on your fifth center wing and go for those ceiling players. You might get your 20s, but you've got to just stick strong and you'll get, you know, they, they can go big 100s, you know, like. You look at it, AJ just, you, you want, you think the tries are going to stop, but he just keeps getting multiple tries. It's just on that back line, yeah. just tries. It's fantastic. And so, like, having someone like Garrett too, oh. is, you know, the, the game is just, is, is ridiculous how, like, high these centers, uh, these center wings are scoring. Mm. And, you know, there's so many that you can pop, pop in there. I mean, even someone like a Daniel Tupo, yeah. Um, you know, off for the run home. Yeah. There's just a lot there, and it's a bit of a switch in Supercoach. The Supercoach, you know, last year or the year before, used to be, you know, second rows. You'd slam, you, you know, three or two reserves on um, on second rows. However, the game's kind of changed because the squad's getting so out of control. Um, you know, to, to those players. So getting someone like that, like getting your AJs, getting your Garricks and and, and Hines is is a staple, mm. um, and that'll kind of link with one of my mistakes, which is. I never got Brian Toto. I went the pod route with Stephen Crichton. Mm. Um, and, you know, that just didn't pay off for me. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, on to your third one. Yeah, third one. Um, I think I got on at the right time with certain players. Like, when I got Hines, he was still relatively cheap. I think he was in the 300s by the, when I got him. Um, I got Garrick when he was, you know, when he was 400. I didn't get him straight away, but I got him cheap. Um, I got, I went turbo, you know, when he first came back, it was, I just went, started straight with him, you know, and he's basically getting a hundred every game. Um, so, you know, other people sort of jumped on really quickly, but I got him right from the start, you know, and, um, and Gutho was one that I just, I, I sort of, when Paps went down, went Gutho and then he sort of averaged a hundred from there on until I flicked him. 
So I just had Gutho in, he averaged 100, and I sold him and then just brought Hines down to eventually become Paps. You know, I just got on the right people at the right time. And I think when you look at your season, you go, oh, see, I bought, when I bought Paps, I had to get him for 700. You know, like I bought Paps for 600 and I bought Fafita for 700. Those were two that I got really expensive. But I did. Have, I've always had a good bank this year because of getting on more of them at the right price, you know, when they were getting in before they got over expensive. Like this week, a lot of people might have wanted to get Garrick, but you couldn't afford him this week. You know, it was too expensive. Yeah, and I mean, he's a keeper and and, and that, but um, but but yeah, if you got him, you know, a week or two weeks earlier, it just just makes it that much easier. And um, and that kind of bringing Turbo was was one of my big ones, and that kind of interrelates with one of my ones. Was I brought in Turbo the first week he was back, <laughs> and that kind of was. Good because guess it's risky because of his hammies, but um, it meant that I had him a week before or two weeks before everyone else, and I could pivot off and make a pod move, or I could get ahead of the pack with a second move. Um, and that's what was really good about the turbo move. Fortunately, as we'll talk about in our mistakes, my move wasn't great that I made to take advantage of that. It ended up being a disadvantage. Um, mm-hmm. But but those type of you know getting on the right place at the right time is crucial. Um, but also one thing that you've always talked about is you know super coaches relatively you know it's not as objective in scoring as it used to be mm. um and there's certain players who have a favorable scoring like your Fafidas, like your like your um apalis and stuff and getting on those players when you identify that they're the favorable scorers yeah. early is kind of quite crucial yeah. um and it, it's it's you know watching the games and stuff you, you can kind of pick out who it is and, and getting on those people really early and you know we can all complain and have a bit of a wind up favorable scorers but you can't really change the scoring um you just got to get on them as soon as possible yeah and and that's true because i mean look you know they are subjective calls so ipap is having a great year so he's just going to get the rub of the green they're going to go okay well i think that was a line break or that was a tackle break and Hines is having a wow of a year but you know you they are having a wow of a year, but you can guarantee that if there's ever a line ball on some of these particulars, you know, it'll, they'll get the rub of the green. And you've got to have those players in your team. And, you know, we say everyone's team's going to look the same by the end of the year, but you've got to just nail your captains and get these people earlier, you know, get them, get it, get them when they start getting their good scoring, you know, to get a bit of a lead on people. But, yes, I've managed to do pretty well with most, um, a lot of them anyway, I can say. Um Number four for me of my successes was I got to a strong 17 um, quicker than I have in other years, you know? Like, um, it was sort of like round 10 or 11 that I was sort of 10 probably that I was like, whoa, I got like six great reserves here I can pick from. Um, And, you know, I had, because I I did stack the center wing early, that's where normally you're like, oh, I'm taking a real Hail Mary, going to play a Simonson or a Saab. And I've made mistakes in that area sometimes. I've left a good averaging person on the bench but I got to a strong 17 quicker than I have in previous years and it's made it you know I haven't had a real I've maybe had two really gut, you know gut-wrenching shit scores this year but the rest I've not had a real shit shit round you know like I've I got to a quick 17 and that of strong stronger players and as a result even my bad weeks are not that bad you know because I've been a strong 17. Yeah and I think minimizing the the low, lowest the the how do I say, you know, not having those Barneys, having some low scores um, is important because the reality is with the Supercoach the season, you're always going to have your ups and your downs, but it's minimising the lows of the lows that really helps you balance out a good side and get in that top 1K, 2K. 
Uh, at number five, I've probably done sensible sort of balanced um, trading and I've, I've held my nerve and saved some. So I think putting a price on your trades is important. Like this week, for instance, you know, I could have finished with an extra 50 or 70 points, but you've got to ask yourself, is that is, is, is trade worth 50 or 70 points? You know, so I think I've thought about that this year and um, I've saved some and, you know, I think I'd probably now, I'd love eight trades to run home. But I still think that for me, Every year I run out with five rounds to go and I've got six now and that makes me happy. I think I've saved some and I haven't wasted one just for the sake of wasting it. Like I think, um, you know, someone I mentioned often on the podcast because I like, I chat to them all the time is Kando. And I think this week he, because he had a bit of an average first buy, he wanted to go large in this buy. By Randy really should have saved a trade this week if you're being sensible because he's on the same amount as me. But he went and brought in, I think he went a Manu and a, and a Nicarima, maybe. So it was a success, maybe short-term with Manu, but I reckon that could almost be a mistake long-term, um, and you didn't get a score out of Nicarima. So you kind of, I think that I'm jumping the gun. I haven't done that as much this year. Sometimes I've, in years prior, I've just gone, oh, I'm going to pick him. I, I, I did one of them there in my, well, actually, I haven't got them as a mistake. I've got them there a success and a fail of the year. But that's it. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I've traded a bit more sensibly this year. So I won't go to my fails. We'll hear your successes, but I'll tell you who my success and fail for the year is. It's Regan Campbell Gillard, the big moustache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I brought him in. Like at a point where we're going to the first buy because Parramatta were playing, I, there were so many other players I should have brought in instead. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I grabbed. I must be the moustache. I love him. And I just brought him in. But look. I've actually, when I was looking at my run home team, I didn't. In order to get rid of a Utikamano and a Lenu, I decided I'd just hold RCG to the end of the year because he his wheelhouse is really good. He doesn't get any lower than fifty, so he's not going to be an an, an a nightmare. And he's actually sitting twelfth for front rowers this year, just outside the top ten. Here's some of the people that he's he's got an average of fifty eight point three for the year. His lowest score of the year is forty. He's ahead of these names: Tino. Lemma, Paulo, Adam Fanua, Blake, Takiaho, Lodge. He did people have them in their team, and he's ahead of all of them. So, at the time, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I haven't got any like enormous wow scores. I got a lot of forty eights and a lot of fifties out of him, but you know he's been better than some of the other choices out there. He's not the worst, so he was sort of a win and a, and a lose for the year. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that with the run home, he'll, his minutes will start to pick up a bit. Um, you know, th- there's going to be a race for, for top four, for, you know, for the positioning. So, and he's always that, that, that kind of player who steps up a big game. So, yeah, he and you can kind try. of monitor him, you know, you can monitor him playing for, as your 19th, like, kid there as 19th, 20th man, and just bring him in for weeks where you think he's going to score better. And I think that, you know, I think that, that trade actually was more in spite of, 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 of Isaiah Papali and yeah, you don't want to, you know, to go, mate, he's got favourable scoring, let's get into him. <laughs> but still, it plays off for you and, um, and it's, it's a bait you can keep for the rest of the season. I couldn't af- I couldn't afford uh, uh, Papali that, at that time, but um, uh, in the year, a couple of times I've played RCG out of desperation and, and both times... One time I got an 87, and another time I got a 92, he scored a try. So the two times I've actually played him, he scored <laughs> wonderfully well. So he's kind of like my success and fail of the year. Like, it was just a <laughs> illogical, silly thing to do, but he's actually doing pretty okay, you know? Yeah, it's funny how Supercoach works. <laughs> yeah. um, so so my biggest uh, biggest successes kind of relates to you, as we spoke about, training Teddy, um, uh, when it's first game back. 
um, for tur- uh, sorry, I tra- trained in Turbo um, for his first game back, and 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 I trained him in for for Teddy, um, and that was you know that week Teddy scored um, forty and decreased in price around seventy six k, um, and Turbo scored one sixteen. So that was an amazing trade mm-hmm. for me. Not only did it net me eighty k and and seventy. Um, six odd points, um, you know, helped, uh, you know, propel me to, and I captained him that round too. Mm-hmm. So it was a really, really good captain choice for me. Um, I, I think that my my successes are more in terms of weeks because um, I, I've played the game a bit different this year. I've played it more of a, you know, who looks good in the field, who looks more likely um, rather than more of a stat-based one. And it's got me into trouble with, with certain players. Mm-hmm. But people like, you know, Jerome Hughes, Ben Hunt, um, who look good every game. Yeah. Um, there have been some really good trades for me. Like I brought in um, Jerome Hughes. He's averaged 76 since yeah. I've trained him in. Um, ben Hunt, I traded in a hooker. He's averaged 81 yeah. since I brought him in. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and, and probably one of the last ones is, um, you know, as you spoke about, going with a pack with certain players such as AJ and Garrick in the set of wings um, has been really important. And um, I'm glad that, you know, whilst... Uh, they've been a bit overs, um, you know, and I haven't been as lucky as you to, to um, and also as smart as you to bring them in at the right time. I've brought them in a bit late. Um, I've kind of just gone, oh, well, those are the players, you know, they're going to score well. Let's bring them in and bring them in rather than anti-potting them or, or, or items like that. So um, those those are my, you know, five biggest successes. Um, I mean, and- I, I, my, my critique of that is that, you know, Ben Hunt, I think, has been a great buy for people this year because... Uh, you know, Hooker's been a shit, shit spot, uh, you know, this mm. year. And, you know, I, I, I've been on the podcast saying the best Hooker, you know, of the year is, is the Chiefs. Mm. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, and those tries don't seem to, to, seem to be drying up for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and people like T. Williams and stuff jumped on the Chiefs and, and, and that, that week everyone was going, oh, the tries can't keep on going, but, they you do. know, <laughs> he just can. People in the storm, you know. It's like Jerome Hughes, Jerome Hughes is going to be a keeper for the halfback, and is he necessarily, the, you know, everyone's picked to be a keeper? No, but because he's in that storm side, um, and you know he's such a good player, he's going to end up being there, and so is the cheese. So yeah, and they're pods, trade. you know, they're, they're pods when people brought him in. I think, and you know, I thought about Ben Hunt, but I just I fucking hate Ben Hunt, so I didn't bring him in. But he's he's actually having a great year, and I think he earned his spot in that Maroons team, you know, on, on form alone. Um, yeah, and it kept him out of that um, that COVID breach. So, yeah. um, in fact, he's an origin count. So, I mean, yeah, you know, and I mean, the so ter- I knocked out Hooker this week, actually, and, and then I realised I've got Ben Hunt sitting there, and I, it took me a while to be, hang on, is he going to play next week? No, he's not going to play next week, <laughs> because he's an origin player, an origin count, I've got a Hooker. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there you go. So, I mean, I think that there's been some sort of unexpected ones, and Hughes... I mean, he's always been a good player, but if it's not gonna, if it's not Cleary, the best halfback you can have this year is Hughes, and he's just such a great runner. He he he's got a super coach friendly game, so he was a great pickup, I think, for the year. Um, and and Turbo, I mean, he ha- he's having some sort of year. I mean, I think you know, uh, in some of the groups, everyone's like, oh, you know, do you think he's the best player in the game now, or is it still Teddy? Well, I mean, Teddy is the best player in the game probably on reputation because he's done it for longer, but. At the moment, if you're saying, I'll take one into my team right now, Canberra Raiders in 11th, I would take Turbo. That's how you know who's the best player in the game right now. In the whole competition, I would take Turbo and I would take Cleary. That's who I'd take. Yeah, and I think that this year, 
with the injuries to the Roosters and with the injuries to um, the Seagulls or more, more so Turbo not starting the season, you can kind of see the differences. Um, you know, Turbo is that player who he literally carries the entire team. Um, and Teddy does to a certain extent too, but you can see, you know, his form without Kiri and, um, you know, certain other players in the squad. Um, hasn't been as good as Turbo. So you're starting to see them kind of semi-what on um, equal playing field because the reality is the rest of the side is incredibly more talented than the season side. Um, but, but, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're splitting hairs here and I think that, um, you know, both of them, let's just celebrate them being in the game because <laughs> it's very rare that we've been in a position where we have these two fullbacks where you'd say they're going to end the game, they could end the game up, they could they, they could end their careers off as being, you know, two of the top five best fullbacks to ever play the game. Yeah. And, I mean, you throw in there, Pats as well, is averaging over 100 in Supercoach. I know it's, Pats only played six games this year, and, I mean, that's a worry you know, for value. And I know poor old Wilfred traded in Pats, and right when he went down, he's been stubbornly holding him ever since. And how long has Pats been out for? You know, like, so... Um, you know, it's it's. A, I mean, I, I just think uh, I love watching Turbo play because he doesn't mind taking a tough run too. He's bigger than front rowers. He can bust through front rowers because people don't realize he's six foot five and he's actually built. You know, I think after his little race on the old Corvo there, I think he came back. He he he, he felt like I love a champion because they go, I owe the game something. And who would have mm. thought he could ever go to another level? But he's done it. And mm, yeah, mate, yeah, and he, he's class act, you yeah. know, class act all around. And I mean, so, this year you've got like, um, you know, Turbo Teddy, you've got um, Paps having a great year, even Latrell's having a great year. It's fantastic. I mean, I said on Mike and Sam's podcast, one of the first ones they're on, that I said, I don't know whether Latrell's a fullback, and he's playing exceptional footy, um, really taking to it. Um, you know, and it, it's good. And I'm happy that I have to eat my words with that one because it's just incredible that we've got this much talent in the league at, at one time. Yeah, it's and great, I, a great I can't remember last time that we've watched footy where it's been like that. Yeah, and I mean, in origin, because you know, Turbo and Latrell are fullback fit, they're just nailing it, the fitness in in, um, in the centres. What, mm. what an inspired move, my friend. I think it's going to be 3 0. It's going to be at the Gold Coast now, the old um, State of Origin 3. I mean, I could go to it, really, but maybe. Sure, not Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been to one game in Queensland wearing a New South Wales jersey, and I'm actually, there's vision of me on the news tumbling down, um, you know, flights and flights of chairs because I got kicked the fuck out of by some Queenslanders in the crowd. I just got oh, set no. upon because I was being an arrogant mofo because it was, you know, when it was Super League and Noel Goldthorpe kicked the field goal, it was a famous Super when it was a Super League state of origin, and... Anyway, it was a very famous game, and, and he kicked the field goal to win the game, and I was rubbing it into Queenslanders, and I was getting punched by women too. Like, I was just got, I just got the crap. So, I mean, if I win, I'd have to go in, in regular clothes. Who goes to an origin in regular clothes? I don't think it's going to be a good atmosphere up there for New South Wales people when it's a 3 nil drubbing. No, just what you do, actually, is you wear, like, black, and then as soon as New South Wales win, you walk down the stadium with the blues jersey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kim, she's just like, when we, uh, my, this is my partner, when we go to games, she's like, look, just sit in, in the supporters section because, you know, the lip on you, you know, you get yeah. too rambunctious at the, at the games and, you know... It's okay for you because you're a little you're a little goer. You're an Irish goer, you, you know. And you, but and but she she doesn't like beers being thrown at her. And <laughs> she, I've got to no. think of her. So 
And, and the Canberra yeah. supporters, I'm probably the nastiest Canberra supporter out there. All Canberra supporters are lovely people generally. So yeah, I, I mean, they, they played in, in, in Brookie a couple of times. That's all, you know, they're always, you know, really class, classy supporters that I've, you know, dealt with when I've um, watched the games. But I think it's the kind of thing where, you know, if, you, if you're sitting in a, in a sea of Queensland, you just like, it's just not the time and place to start barking up. You know, I was wearing this shirt. I was wearing this shirt on Origin Day when I was going to the supermarket, and some guy he like looked at me. He's like, "Fuck you, mate! You fucking New South Welshman. Why would you wear that to the shops?" I was like, "I'm wearing Detroit Lions, you idiot! It's a Detroit Lions shirt. It's not even New South Wales. Can't wear blue on Origin Day." You know, people care a lot about the game, so you've got to watch it. You've got to watch it, you know. Plus, they're getting Especially habits, the stadium. Yeah, they're getting habits, so they don't like it. All right. Well, we'll finish off here with our mistakes for the year. I'll fly through mine. My biggest mistake, I've made these more individual things rather than outlook things because the, the, they're the ones that sting you when you did something. The week I brought Corey Thompson in, he got injured and got like a th- – at least he scored a try first and finished on 30, so it wasn't like a real shit, shit score. But um, I, I traded him the week after. I traded him in, and then I traded him out. You always hate those ones where you trade – because I traded him in. He, he was having a great year, and he was a great sort of pod at that stage. Um, so I traded him in and had to trade him out. I traded him in for his injury game and then traded him out the week after, so it was a completely wasted trade. Well, you have some of them. It's like that, that kind of ties in with one of my ones, which is – you know, I trained Steve Crichton instead of Joel and then watch him for a game and realise, hang on, this isn't this isn't gonna be great the next couple of weeks while um I was at fullback and, and trade him out. You have trades like that. So And I mean sometimes is. that's the right thing to do in your in your in your team as well. There's some people stubbornly hold on to people when they shouldn't. You know, like I was sort of contemplating do I hold Tohu if he's three to six weeks? But I was just it's putting that value on the trade and I really don't think it's gonna be six. I think it'll be more like three um but you know with thompson though i knew it was going to be a long way <laughs> he was going to be out for a long time so i just didn't fart ass around i just got him out <laughs> but you know I tra- trading him in it's like tohu too that's kind of probably on par with that trading him in for his injury game then not getting him for the buy but everybody had that thing happen you know so yeah communally at least he's a keeper so you know when he comes back he's going to be starting to 17 and that's the kind of thing of, of holding players versus not holding players is, you know, if you're going to suddenly hold on to people that aren't keepers, then, like, that's maybe, you know, not the best thing. But you hold on to people that are keepers. Um, and if it's for, you know, a three- or four-week period, then, then that's fine. Did anyway, you, what's your second? Did you sell Cleary? I sold Cleary um, because I think that they're in a side where when Jerome's, like, and I, this was before Jerome's injury, um, I thought, hang on, they're not going to rush him back. They've got Jerome there. They're going to have all their Origin players back, and they're going to like they're going to win without him. So they're not going to rush him back, and it's going to be longer than perhaps we're used to seeing because they're going to want to have him fit for the run home. Because at this stage, they're just uh, they're Premiership contenders. They can afford to rest him. Mm. Um, but um, but but obviously the Jerome Lewis injury might mean they have to rush. One mm, the season's tracking really to well win. too. So the, I heard a whisper around twenty. Now, if he comes back round twenty, I, I have got money stashed. I, I can do, I can do it if he comes back, and it'd be I'd probably just flick Sean Johnson to him, which mm. is I think if you that's where the advantage of holding a trade. When I was, I was saved a trade this week, my thought was, do you want to get Cleary back as a as a trade? You know, and that could be the difference between 
a top 2,000 and a top 500, you know, because you got Cleary when he was back. Because Cleary will come back and average 100 when he gets back straight away. Mm. Um, yeah, and maybe maybe Jerome Hughes is the way that I go. Because Jerome Hughes is increasing in price. Maybe yeah, he's maybe if you just nuff out, you mood. just nuff someone out, you've got enough money. But it's going to be like enough to get the money and then Jerome up to Cleary. You know, so that's why I yeah. saved, you know. Um, all right, so another mistake is I didn't really get IPAP and Fafita. I stubbornly sat on them until until Super Trade Round, you know. And when I had the bank in Super Trade Round, I brought them in. And as soon as I brought them in, 77 from Fafita and 120 from IPAP. Yeah, and, and, that, and that, that's exactly this, one of the mistakes that I wrote down is that I have the same thing. Um, I didn't get them. And you just kind of just bite the bullet and, and get them. They're players who are absolute keepers of the game. I perhaps after two or three weeks, and this is something that, you know, is always difficult with super coach, but picking those players, after two, three weeks, you look at someone like IPAPS and you go, this probably isn't going to be a short burst of form. Um, for Fida, it's the same. You know, after two games, you're like, but it, t- it takes you time, like five, round five, round six. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, super trade round. And so, and I'm, like, <laughs> we just finished round 17, I still haven't got them. So that's, you know, yeah, I think in alignment know, with one of my mistakes. We get to a point where we, where they're having a wow of a year, and, and when they get up around that 800,000, you're like, I'm not paying overs for that. I could buy two mm. sort of semi guns, you know? Um, and then they just keep scoring 100. You know, 120. Luckily, you know, IPAP was up at 800 and then he went down to 600. But his figures this year are astronomical. And in the front row at one point, I had TPJ, RCG, Utikamano, and Linu. Now, front row was one of my errors. I went way light in the front row. TPJ was my premium front row. So when he got suspended, I was like, I have to get IPAP now. And then I'll, I'll keep RCG. And then who else did I got? Tapao. I brought in Tapao. Mm. And he, he got a 60 this week, and he's sort of meat and potatoes. And if he gets his offload, he can get 80. And I'm like, I like him as a point of difference. But, um, you know, you, you had to get him. You had to get IPAP because in the front row, he's he's the top of front row and second row. Top scorer mm. yeah, in average. Incredible talent. Yeah. Um, I was fooled multiple times this year, and I did read the signs um, on some players, you know, some players. Like, Simonson had that one good game, and I played him the week after, and I knew I... You know, I shouldn't have... And I played him the week after that as well. I played him for the two games after. He got injured in the second one. But I probably played Simmonson this year five times, you know, and, and where I shouldn't have. And on each time, the person that I left out was Olam. And on, on out of those five, uh, you know, at least three of the times, Olam scored 60 and above. You know, so I probably left 120, 150 points on the, on the pine, you know, that I could have had. Um, if I didn't, I don't know whether it's because it's a Raiders thing or because I see potential in Simmonson, I just kept picking him. And I, when he went to fullback, I was like, look at that. I, I got his 100 as well, you know, but I made a lot of mistakes in him. And same with Cody Walker. I love him. And, you know, I, I, early on in the piece, I, instead of just going the safer captains who were, we could see were doing wonderful, I was going Cody. I was getting cute and going Cody when he was getting 60s. And in I captained him that week when he was in fullback and got 17, you know. Mm-hmm. which is a big mistake. So I think that some of the players, I didn't read the signs that it was they shouldn't be in year 17 and who they shouldn't be an option for you for VC or C, you know? I've got a lot of them right, but sometimes I could have avoided those if they just weren't players that I like, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah, but you're not going to have an error-free season. And I think that, you know, 
Simpson was incredible that first game. Um, yeah, to play in the second week is 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 fine. I think the third week was a bit <laughs> bit much because yeah. you know. Well, I mean, in the second in the second game, there was it was blowing a gale. I remember the game where they were doing those kicks and they were going backwards. It was a real horrible condition. So I played him in the third because I was like. I reckon the normal is that 100 game. Well, maybe not 100, mm. but 60, 70s. And, and in that game, it was a horrible game conditions-wise. Um, so, But anyway, so I had I thought I had logic in there, but I probably should have just played it safe and played Olam, who got a 70 or something in that game. Poor old Olam, mm. he just sat on my bench scoring well, and I never, ever got... I never, ever played him. <laughs> well, you were playing him for, for 30s before you ended up benching him. Yeah, a couple of those, yeah. Um... <laughs> One thing that I've actually noticed this year that's actually affected me is I didn't um, have any dual second row, front row, forward in my in my second row. I had a couple up in the in the front row, but that's always a real advantage when you know I've had to play Utikamano sometimes because I I didn't have a second row forward. You know I didn't have someone that I could bring up. You know I didn't have TPJ down there who I could bring up into the in in, in that spot. And I think mm. there hasn't been as many. I mean, who, who's a playable? F- you know, you've got yeah, you've got like um, Luke Thompson. Uh, you know, you've got TPJ. Um, you've got there's lots of options. You know, IPAP's a, a jewel. You know, so I just never managed to get a jewel down into my second row, which has really hampered me this year. You know, a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people kept Ryan James, and, and that was mm. like one of my moves. Was, you know, he wasn't a playable second row front rower, but um, having him there meant I was able to switch between front rows and second rows in cover yeah. quite well. Yeah, it's really handy. And I think that when I, you know, I'm probably only going to do one enough possibly you know, in the year now, and it'll be probably second row to get us a front row forward in there, just in case um, you know if something happens in my second row, I can bring down you know IPAP and then play RCG, you know, like that RCG to power front. Front row, so I think it's a handy thing that we forget. And some of those, you know, that's a real simple thing in Super Coach. But on those weeks where I'm like, oh, I don't even have a, I've got to play Utah Commando because I've got no bloody, I can't do anything with my, I can't do anything there, you know. Um, which I, I've noticed it a few times in the year, which is annoying me. Um, and oh, mate, I just can't, can't even express how angry I was at myself for getting players like Bloor and Burbo. You know, like I know the logic in a Bloor and a, Bur- a Burbo, but I thought that Bloor was going to come straight in and take second row forward, and I got him because I was able to use his money to upgrade someone else by downgrading to Bloor, and I thought that he was going to have a better role in that team, and it's just never grown. And I'm still technically, I've still got Bloor in my team, so well, thank God he's injured now. Hopefully he just stays out for heaps. <laughs> but um, oh no, he was back, wasn't he? I think he is back. He came back for a bit. Um, I had him too. Now, I can't remember whether I traded him in. I think I started with Bloor um, because he was supposed to be a starter pre-season um, and that was not great. I mean, I started with Suave too, but mm. um, it probably links into one of my mistakes. I started with a couple of those people early um, without a proper gauge, you know, and maybe you start with one of them, you know. Normally, you start with one of them like a Ponga in that year when you kind of knew that once he was in first grade, um, he's going to be a keeper, um, or he's going to be a playable, um, you know, player. Uh, and that was Suwali for me. But you know, taking it a step further with Blore was probably in hindsight one of my mistakes. Yeah, and I think you know the best thing that can happen for me because I mean trades are so valuable now. I, I'm not going to waste a trade trying to get them out. And I think that Burbo most likely, when Manly's back at full strength, might drop out of the seventeen in there um, when you mm. get Serenan and Schuster back, um, which will be fine. And and I hope maybe they 
West Tigers if, if they can get Bloor out or if he gets more minutes. I just because if you've got Bloor in your team, you, you can't VC loop. Or with the sheer amount, like if your VC gets 150, it doesn't matter if Bloor gets 10. You know, like yeah, but also I mean, captains this year are you know relatively safer than normal. Like you're sticking on Cleary, you're not going to be disappointed. You're sticking on Turbo, you're probably not going to be disappointed. Mm. Mm. You know, the VC loop. The, the number of players is scoring so high means that, you know, you've got four captain options which are yeah. probably going to all score well. So the VC loop isn't as, you know, important um, mm. because there's a lot of players that are going to go high. And I've, I've known a few people this year who have seen like a, there was a 100 that someone I know looped <laughs> and then, you know, Turbo scored a 200. You know, so I got 400 from my captain, they got 200. And, you know, so I think we've had to reset our margins of what a loopable score is this year, you know, a little bit, maybe. We've got to put it, yeah, make absolutely. it a bit higher, but, yeah. But I agree. I think this year, I've, one of the things I've said is I've got a lot of VCs and captains, right? And so I've been able to do that with a Bloor and a Burbo because I've looped only in the buy rounds. I haven't looped any other time. Mm, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I definitely agree with that. that's me. Oh, fantastic. Well, I think that a couple of them linked in with my ones. I think in addition to the, the, the ones that you spoke about, um, I think, you know, we talked about not trading in uh, iPads and feeder until later. Mm. Um, we talked before about um, bringing in pods when you should stay with the pack. Um, that was the top move for me. That was, um, I think, that um, I had a chance to bring in Isaiah Kabbalah quite early, but I went the pod move. And, and that, that kind of links in with about two or three of my mistakes, which is, you know, there are times to pot up and there are times to just go with the pack. And there are certain players you just go with the pack. Yeah. And, um, and, and and I think that I've tried to play play it a bit cute um, and, and that's been one of my key mistakes. Um, and I think that my one of my mistakes also was, um, you know, I tried to play cute. I was ahead of the pack because I brought in tur- Turbo that first week he was back. Um, and thought, okay, Google, I can trade out pups um, and, and get another fullback in. I got Ponger in. Now, Ponger got um, an average of 68.3, which wasn't great, but he got injured, um, and it prevented me from getting someone like a Toto um, because I could have used that cash that I did save from going uh, T to Turbo to go get, um, you know, Toto or Isaiah Papali'i, but I went cute and thought, I'm going to pot up with Ponger. Um, so, so that links in with that. And then my final mistake was, um, and this goes in with my kind of gauge of watching the game and also finding those favourable scorers, is, you know, I brought in Jerome Lewis at 616K and he's averaged 31 since oh, I traded him in. Yeah. Now, if you watch the games, you see some triases where you think for sure they're Lewis yeah. and they go to Cleary or they go to someone else. Yeah. Um, and... I just thought, oh, well, hang on, he's such a good player. He's going to get those clear assists. He's going to be great. And he's had a number of games where he's had clear assists not going his way. But also, he's not that kind of favourable scorer. Um, it was, it's so, like he, he started the year like that, and then after that, all the ones, like, you can put mirrored mirrored ones of where even Luai did the exact same play earlier in the year, and it was a try assist, you know. And then it is. It's a bit, you know, you know the old subjective sometimes, yeah, there are, there are themed run players, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I got on I've got I got on AJ and all I've got is hundreds since when I brought in AJ. <laughs> I know that that's gonna burn me eventually, but South has got a good run and you you know, your players like um Josh Adakar and um AJ and, and Garrett. Garrett got um six tons or five tons this year. Yeah, but also I mean watching the games when you do for for, for Manly and for Souths, you just they just pepper that 
those sides so much that it's just like there might be 30s or 40s where they you know identify that hang on they're going to prepare for us going this side and we're going to dummy it by going right or or the opposite side but more often than not that's their game plan that's their strength they're not going to not go there um and you're going to be in the point so um you know just watching the game kind of picking up that clearer um you know and and the thing of how often have there been two halves on the same side that have been uh, out and out keepers is probably another one. Mm. Um, it's rare, and yes, it happened for the first three weeks, but for a season, it's not the most common thing. Mm. Um, and, and that's kind of something that took me off getting Luai at the start. Mm. Um, and when I traded him in, it, it was kind of just, I just think the Penrith sides are going to put on so many points, he's going to be in the scores all the time. But... Um, Clear to the next level, and Luai just loves to be a game manager, and he's great at yeah. for super coaching. Yeah, it actually works in a real NRL, but it just became the Cleary show, and he's having a wow of a year, you know. So, yeah, all right. Well, I mean, that's I think those are good things to reflect on. I guess in the year, I think you know when you look at the things that will be your successes and your failures for the year, I think it gives you a good mindset. You know, like I talking to Tim the other day when he had that bad round, and then he had a um, absolutely amazing round the next week and went up to tenth. He, he said something to me in the chat, and he was like, I went away from what had got me up up this high on the ladder. You know, and that was exactly right. You should go, I did these things in my year that were just awesome, and then I took, I got to a serious point where I just go and went off away from my plans, and I started making mistakes. And, um, you know, I think that those are things that will find their way into your successes or and failures, and it's good to re- reflect on that in your, in your run home. I think it's a, a good thing because... You know, I've written down here just a thing I was going to finish off on when you were gone off the show. But, you know, people have to look at where they, in a snapshot of how their year's going and look at it sensibly. Like if you are in the thousand now, top in your top thousand, and you've only got three trades left, I give you a B minus. All right. But if mm-hmm. somebody's in the top thousand and they've got five tra- uh, trades left, I give them an A. And I give people who are in the top thousand who've got six plus an A plus because they can do anything they want in the game. And what do you give someone who's got a rank of 7,500 and has five trades left? Yeah, I'll tell you. So, I mean, I give a B- minus to a person who's in the top 1,000 that has three uh, trades left. But someone who's in 3,000 who's got five trades left, I give a B- minus as well. Because they've got two extra trades and that you put a value on that. So where you are, I said if you're in the 5,000 on, 5, onwards, uh, five plus, I give you a C+. Plus. So you've got, op- hey, look, you've got an opportunity. Look, look. And, and you know we don't want to sugarcoat it. I haven't had the best um, best season, but it's it's always good to just learn from those mistakes and and going through this process of talking about successes, talking about the failures. It's a really good thing to revisit when you're doing your team next year um, because I had a year that year where Crichton blew up for um, South Sydney. Um, I didn't get him in, and I always said you know well those players I'm going to get in with them I'm, and, and and I might pay overs for them. Um, but I'm going to get them in, and obviously I've done that with Isaiah Papali'i. Um, but but it's an important thing to to go through and, and to to kind of reflect on that. Yeah, and for all those people out there, I mean, I think some people go, "Oh, my season's over." But you know, Joe Blow, he's in the thousand, but he's max traded every week. Like Sabs is max traded every week. He's in a great rank for the year. He's having a good year. But if I'm thinking in my how every year runs, and particularly with the way the game is and how teams rest. I mean, last week, for instance, we just lost three players like that, like that. You know, so I think that three trades is you, you. You might be patting yourself on the back going, "I'm in 900th and I've got my three trades," but I think your season's going to go belly up, personally. So, and same for you people. If you're in 5,000, you've got six trades. 
Now is your move in time. Don't think your season's over. You could get to the top 1,000. Realistically, if you now, you know, like I'm I'm at six trades and I've got IPAP, I've got Fafita, you know, I've got Hughes, you know, I've got, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to pounce. So I, th- I just think that uh, for people, look at where you are on the ladder, look at how many trades, and, and probably the other co- combination is nuffs. So if you're in, th- I wrote that, if you're like in top thousand, you've got three trades left and three nuffs, you've just used your nuffs and trades to get where you are, you know? Mm-hmm. You've got to use a combination of low nuffs, save some trades, and get yourself up the ladder that way with smart moves. So, you know? It's not all, I think this year you'll find people who are in the 5,000s who have just been disciplined because we all had that year last year where we had, we could max trade every week because we had 20 rounds and we had the bonus. I think people have forgotten how important, because I I just pull up my post-it note every year. I write myself a note and all it says is, Adrian, you didn't trade. You didn't save trades. That's all it says. You didn't save trades and that your season could have finished fantastic if you, if you, if you saved trades. So that's been my goal for this year is to try to save some but still do well while I'm doing it. But for, for those of you out there, look at how many nuffs you have, look at how many trades you have, and then look at your rank. Because mm-hmm. comparatively, these other people, have they've used... Being up the top of the ladder comes at a cost. It's either courageous moves or trades or running with heaps of nuffs. And, you know, I've, I've even got some people who message me, and they're like, oh, I'm going to nuff out him so that I can buy for feeder. Well... You've just created enough in round nine or and you already started with enough and the way that they're paying for people instead of making money on your Heinzes and your you know your Garricks or whatever, they're using nuffs to buy their way up the ladder and it's eventually gonna bite them. So for mm-hmm. the disciplined players, I think that this year is a, a year for people who have had a measured year. So I would say to you, seven thousand I think you might see some green arrows just um you know, this week and you know, next next round's actually going to be a real tough round as well because it's going to be post Origin, so it could be an interesting round next next week as well. Yeah, and I think like with with super coaches, you know, if you if you're in a rank like mine, it's like experiment a little, like play someone that you wouldn't normally play, do make a trade that you wouldn't normally do, just to see how things pan out because. You know, you're in a position where you, you don't have that much to lose. You're already in seven thousand, five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand. Yeah, maybe you use your six trades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe use your six trades. Maybe you know, whatever, like VCC someone different. But it's always good to just have different strategies and, and see how that go. And that's why we play the game. Um, we've been playing the game for so long. Is you know, we experiment with different things. We see what works. See what doesn't work. And and regardless of what rank you finish on, it's a free game. <laughs> you pro- no one's going to win the fifty k, but the person who wins it. Yeah. Um, so just enjoy playing the game um, and, uh, and and watching footy. And yeah, and I mean, about. there's lots of different approaches too. I mean, I remember the week where Ez was like, "Oh, I'm selling um, Barnett." He was averaging seventy two at the time, and Des is like, "Because I've got to get Fafita now. I'm going to have to sacrifice someone who's got the money to be able to buy Fafita right now." And he got Fafita, and Fafita got 120 that week, and that was the week that Barnett's minutes went right down, and he started averaging 40. And I was just like, uh, I mean, why would you ever trade anyone who's like in the top three front, second row forwards for the whole year? But he just knew that it was the, the time to go was now, you know. So there were lots of different approaches that people can take to to move up the ladder. And um, so I would, just, yeah, I just wanted to do the snapshot of the year and say to people, well. Now it's now's the fun part of the year. You just got trades and and rounds left for the run home. I mean, I'm mm. in 
eight cashies. So, I, I mean, I, I always ended up being a head-to-head player by this stage, but because I'm on the cusp of the 1,000, I've sort of just been playing a bit more overall. And I have been doing well in my head-to-heads, but and that's always an interesting part now as well. If you're in cashies, you know, when do you flip the go switch for stop making moves for your overall finish and you start being strategic for head-to-heads? I don't think I've ever lasted a year past here, you know, where I haven't gone straight to a head-to-head. I think normally by the time I've ever got to the second buy round, I've just, you know, given, I've said I don't give a rat's about this buy round. I'm just going to play head-to-head after it. No, I mean, it seems like I did this round because I only had seven, but I didn't mean that. It was just injury problems. Mm. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's been a, a pleasure to have you on. I've gone an hour and 20, which is, is pretty long, but I think it was a good podcast. And around 17, is, it is a good time to reflect, and it's been a pleasure to have you on. Of course, someone from the SC experience. You're my first SC experience person on. Well, I'm, on. I'm honoured to be on. It's uh, it's always great to chat with you, um, a great super coach mind like yourself. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's been good, good, good experience for me too because we've had some kind of different experiences. You're in, you know, around the top 1,000. I'm around the top 7,000. Um, but but you, you always you know, have a reflect on these things. And, uh, and I think it's a great thing to do that most podcasts um, should do at the end of the season is uh, having a reflection of, of the success and the failures because um, it helped you align you for the season next year. So always good to chat. Yeah, you're doing it in round um, 17. Maybe you can fix some of those mistakes before the year's out, you know? <laughs> but, exactly. Uh, exactly. Let's, let's hope so. Yeah, and look, you know, this is a, a it's good now to chat. You, you're dead set coming in the Turbo Sammies next year. It's a very oh, awesome uh, league of the podcasters, and you're a podcaster, so, you know, you're in the chat. I mean, it's, there's a lot of great minds in there on the old chat. I mean, it's something else when you're going up against, I mean, I'm always like, oh, Billy, I love you, Billy, you know, and I'm versing you with a head-to-head. Yeah, and it's funny too because, you know, before we started potting, I mean, I was listening to these people and being like, oh, fuck, I love Barnsley. And being like, he's such a classic lad. Then like now, you know, through podcasting and through through the community that we're all now connected, and especially through Turbo's Habits Cup, which is something that, you know, you and Candor have done, um, which is a fantastic initiative. Um, you know, it's getting us all together. We all know each other now. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just a really good thing. And I think that, like, that's a, you know, there's, there's always positives and negatives to super catch community, but one of the really positives is, like, you know, pe- people kind of get around each other and, and bounce out the game and help each other, and, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, and, I mean, in the Turbo Sammy's Cup, we're in, like, uh, fifth or third overall for the, for leagues. So there's a lot of great minds in there. So, you, I mean, I th- I'm sure you've enjoyed the chat in there as well. Like Some really good point of views on players and um, who to buy, who not to buy. and you know, Because... I just sometimes, I think this year, me talking through things, obviously having a podcast, I've talked to a lot more people and I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, I see your uh, different perspective to what I thought. And, you know, if you've ever got friends in the community, it's good to thrash out ideas with each other because sometimes we get a one-track mind <laughs> and we need yep. another person's yep. point of view. They point out something to us, you know, like that we didn't originally think, you know. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right, well, Maxie, you're an headset legend. I hope you enjoyed the listen back. You'll hear me and my story at the start and before I chat to you. But it's been a dead set pleasure having you on. And I hope to have it have you on again soon sometime. You know, like maybe, look, you know, you know, um, the SC All-Stars do like a run-in pod before the season starts, you know, where they go over teams and players and things like that. Maybe I think that would be a good one for you because we sort of, you know, I like the way you think about players, you know, and, and in teams. Like Ola Katawa, so, yeah. whatever his name is, he, he's a bloody weapon. I love him. Yeah, Goodbye. he's great. He's fantastic. And he's a pod. Yeah, he's a pod. 
I mean, I'll be playing for the rest of the season, so every time he scores, just big to Max. I will. Hopefully he holds his spot. I think he will, surely. Is it going to be yeah, him and Schuster? I mean, where's Schuster? Yeah, Schuster will go. Um, Lawson, Lawson's going to go back to the bench. Yeah. I mean, from a Manly fans' perspective, I think Lawson's going to go back to the bench. <coughs> the jet, the jet ski's going to stay on the bench. Um, Sirenin might Mom. come back, but if he comes back... Oh, yeah, that's that, that's a difficult one. But I, I don't think you can drop Olakawadi to the bench. No, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's an attacking weapon. He reminds me a bit like Kickout. You know, he's got some moxie and swag about him. I love it. But anyway, we, we're getting off of stopping again. But it was good to chat. We'll chat again soon. And, and thanks for coming on the show. Beautiful. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Well, that was my guest, Maxi. Sorry we went a bit long tonight, but I think it's a really good thing to do. Have a look at a snapshot. I mean, once you get out of the second bye and you're an overall player, it's a good time to take stock of your season. Uh, and I thought Maxi was a perfect person to talk to you about that. Uh, have a good week, guys. Hopefully you see some green arrows. Or if you were like me, you're scheduling for possibly some red arrows, but you, you're hoping that you just minimize how many red arrows you were going to have because you didn't want to waste trades. You know, hopefully whatever your plans were this week, hopefully they worked out for you. Uh, and good luck in uh, the upcoming week. You know, the next round could be almost as tough because you're going to have backup origins and, you know, it's going to be real close to origin. So you would be putting a line through a lot of players. Uh, have a good week, guys, and thanks for listening. And you have Maxi He's almost a favourite person in the world. We talked about our successes of the year. And we talked about our fans. After the Raiders just punted on the Manly Seagulls, what a guy! He was ready to talk to Ado after a loss. Thanks for coming, Max. Love you. Bye.